Welcome in, everybody, to the Flagship Podcast. I am Chip Brown of Florence247.com, joined, as always, by the managing editor Florence247, Taylor Estes. And Taylor, we are recapping Texas's 55-14 victory at Kansas, in frigid Lawrence, Kansas, in which B. John Robinson, in my humble opinion, after rushing 25 times for 243 yards and four touchdowns, probably cemented himself as, um, if not one of the most the most underutilized superstars uh, in Texas football history with with one more game to play for old Bijan. But he put some mustard on it today, Taylor. Um, he dominated this game. The Texas defense was outstanding. Special teams came through. Uh, it was a warm day at the spa for a frigid day in Lawrence. Yeah, I mean, you can't really ask for – a much better game. Um, I would say, aside from the passing game, I know that they didn't really have to rely on Quinn Ewers, Chip, but I would say this. All offseason, we talked about how with a first-time starting quarterback, a freshman at that, the a quarterback's best friend that is just trying to learn the ropes of the college football game is a good running game. And it just so happens that Texas has arguably one of the best running back rooms in college football. You even saw some of the young talent show up on the field, uh, you know, later in the game when the game was already basically, um, you know, in Texas favor at that point. But yeah, there's Bijan Robinson, my goodness, when he goes to the state of Kansas, let me just put these numbers out there for you, Chip. He has played in three games in the state of Kansas in his career, 2020 and then um, 2022 against Kansas State and then 2022 against Kansas today. He has rushed for 624 yards eight touchdowns and also added 85 receiving yards to that stat line in just three games in his career in the state of Kansas. I mean, he showed out in a big way and, you know, I think Texas fans really just got to embrace him right now because he probably only has one more game left um, suiting up in burn orange, but no doubt made a statement today and much needed statement too coming off of that TCU performance where the offense couldn't do anything and kept the, you know, their small chances of making a Big 12 title game still alive, Chip. And uh, it really, I mean, Bijan Robinson, my goodness, you can't talk about this one without talking about him. Yeah, I mean, um, he owns the state of Kansas like Jalen Ford owns the state of Kansas. Jalen Ford with another interception um, with Kansas driving in Texas territory. Uh, his interception leads to another Bijan Robinson touchdown. Of course, he had the interception right before halftime against Kansas State. But um, Taylor, I think when you look at this, you you say, um, "What if?" There's a ton of "what if" because what if Texas could have gotten into an offensive rhythm uh, like Baylor did against TCU today? Baylor running it for over 200, nearly 250 yards against TCU in a last second 29-27 loss to the Horn Frogs in Waco but Baylor ran it down uh TCU's throat and you just get frustrated thinking about what if with this football team what if Bijan Robinson uh kept getting the football in the fourth quarter against Oklahoma State when they were breaking down um what if 
you know, Bijan Robinson kept getting the football against Texas Tech uh, in the fourth quarter. And, you know, that's the frustrating part of this because uh, this kid is is special. And in Texas, as you mentioned, now has these flickering uh, backdoor hopes of getting into the Big 12 title game. They'll need Kansas to beat K-State in Manhattan next week because Kansas State uh, handled their business comfortably against West Virginia, uh, 48 to 31, I think. Um, but, uh, Kansas state still in the driver's seat to play TCU in the big 12 title game. And, and this is just, um, you know, I'm sitting here thinking is, is that performance by Bijan Robinson enough to get him in the mix for the, for the dang Doak Walker award, at least. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you look at the other top running backs in the country, and I broke this down in my instant analysis uh, that is free for everybody to read uh, at horns247.com. Chase Brown of Illinois is, you know, the, the probably the leading rusher among the top five running backs in the country. Chase Brown of Illinois. Uh, but he's had 80 more carries than Bijan Robinson. He's got 309 carries for 1,582 yards. Uh, Bijan is at um, Bijan's at 229 carries for 1,401 yards. He's now uh, tied with Chris Gilbert at number five all time on UT's rushing list with uh, 3,231 yards. He's 97 yards behind Jamal Charles, who's probably the other leading candidate for most underutilized superstar during his time at Texas. So kind of appropriate that they're right next to each other on that all-time rushing list. Both um, are going to end up being three-year studs, but um, you know, it, you just, you, you love the game plan and Taylor, I was scared to death because Texas is first, they've won the toss and elected to receive the football and they, on their first possession, Bijan, runs for seven yards and then he runs for seven yards again. And Sark goes away from the run, starts throwing it and they go five and out. And you're going, what are you doing? You're not going <laughs> to do this again. Are you? And then on the next possession, Texas ran it nine straight times. Um, it was not just Bijan. It was Roshan. It was, you know, uh, Jordan Robinson, Jordan Whittington. Yeah. Everyone. <laughs> and, and, and thank God, because they just ran it down KU's throat and they just kept running it. And Sark never wavered, never outthought himself in this one, never went back to a struggling quarterback. Um, you know, and that, uh, that's the frustrating part, but yet, you know, the satisfying part. And I get that Kansas's defense has been ripe for, for running the football, especially using tempo, which Steve Sarkeesian did early in the game. Um, but you have to do it. You have to prove it. You don't, you can't commit the penalties. You can't turn the ball over. Texas didn't. And uh, it was just great to watch. If you're a Texas fan, or you're a B. John Robinson fan, because that is how you pictured it for Texas. Uh, you know, after that Iowa State game four or five games ago. Yeah, yeah, and it kind of was like Sark got off of his script a little bit certain t in certain situations. I feel like, um, you know, the start to the game, no doubt, Chip, that, you know, in Texas, uh, 
have to punt in the first uh, series of the game, the opening series of the game, I was like, please don't put Quinn Ewers in this situation. And for the love just of our, our Horns 24-7 members, like sanity, please don't do this. And please. for ours too, please. Like, my please. goodness, you know, after coming off that TCU game, I mean, understandably so, Texas fans were irate when the offense, when you get hired as the head coach of Texas because of your offensive prowess, because of how well you call plays, and then for the offense to not score a touchdown, and then you kind of open this game with a similar game plan, it seems, from a play-calling standpoint. It's just like, oh my gosh, here we go again. But to his credit, he changed that, got it rolling. That was the only, that was actually the only series that Texas actually punted the ball. Every other possession that Texas had ended in a touchdown suffer. I believe the final one, they, it was a, what was it? Turnover on downs or something like that. So, but still punted the ball one time in the game. You'll take that all day and twice on Saturday. I know it's normally twice on Sunday, but twice on Saturday in this instance, Chip. And, um, you know, I think one thing that you have to give a lot of credit to that may get overlooked, um, you know, coming out of this game because of how much of a show that Bijan Robinson put on is the defense. I mean, this defense is playing lights out. I feel like we've been kind of talking up the defense a bit this season, a little bit more than probably others want to even hear at times, especially um, when you look at the stat sheet and there's a lot of yards given up or anything. But at the end of the day, this Texas defense has been really, really solid for the majority of the season in keeping teams out of the end zone. I mean, Texas gave up, you know, 14 points to Kansas. So two touchdowns, they gave up two touchdowns last week in the loss to uh, TCU. They also were the only ones that did score a touchdown in that game. So this Texas defense from year one to year two of Pete Kwiatkowski, uh, defense coordinator leading the charge. I mean, it is night and day different and they come out guns blazing. It seems like every single game and they've been playing, especially as of late, really, really solid as the game goes on. It's not the similar showings that you've seen. Even when the Texas offense has started to struggle in other games, the defense has really kept them in the game. And that's all you can ask for. And they, they're being asked of a lot right now. And uh, obviously, they got the job done, too, in this game. But I really think they're probably not going to get enough credit that they probably deserve coming out of this win just because of how dominant the run game, especially with Bijan Robinson, was. All of the headlines are probably going to be in us talking about it, too, um, about the offense, about Bijan Robinson's 243-yard, four-touchdown performance. But credit to the Texas defense and Pete Kwiatkowski. I mean, my goodness, it is like night and day better than what it was last year. Yeah, and let's give some love to the Texas defense because um, Jade Barron had a, a another nice play early in the game. I'm I'm going back to the early part of this game when the game was still in doubt who was making plays. Jade Barron had a nice play, uh, sniffing out a bubble screen again. Uh, Mo Blackwell, there was a Mo Blackwell sighting. And he knifed through the line and had a tackle for loss early in the game. And you're like, hello. Hello, Mo Blackwell. <laughs> um, there were five tackles for loss. They did not sack Jalen Daniels, but they had five tackles for loss. Baron Sorrell, uh, Alfred Collins, um, Devin Richardson. They all had uh, tackles for loss in addition to um, Jade Baron and, and, uh, and Mo Blackwell. And 
what I really liked about this game, Taylor, is Kansas with that triple option. Jalen Daniels making his return to the Kansas offense. He was averaging 6.4 a carry coming into this game. Devin Neal was averaging 6.7 a carry coming into this game, and neither one of them made a sound on the ground that mattered. In fact, Texas held Kansas uh, to well under 100 yards rushing until the final minutes of this game, and Devin Neal was held to um, 13 carries for 51 yards. That's less than four yards a carry. Uh, You'll take that all day and um texas ends up running uh almost as many rushing plays run plays 57 as kansas ran total plays 59 so that tells you how well the texas defense did um kansas came into this game top five in the nation in third down conversion rate at 51.7 percent and converted only 36% in this game. So Texas showed up big on third down. Um, they got a little lucky because the the touchdown pass that Kansas threw to uh, to Jared Casey, the star of last year's KU win over, over Texas, uh, was negated for a very questionable and eligible man downfield. Uh, Mike Pereira, the Fox uh, official analysis guy on television, said that uh, he was only two yards downfield, not three yards downfield. So uh, Texas got a little lucky there. But again, Jalen Ford with another big interception and just a play after play in the run game just sort of took the will of the uh, of the Jayhawks. And Taylor, we should mention Roshan Johnson suffered a lower leg injury in this game. But Steve Sarkeesian said after the game, not serious. And Roshan Johnson feels very confident he'll be back for the Baylor game uh, next Friday. Remember, it's a short week. We're heading into Thanksgiving week. Uh, Texas will play the day after Thanksgiving at 11 a.m. So Sarkeesian noting that not only is it a short week, we don't even really get much of a walkthrough uh, before the game on Friday morning. So uh, Texas really going to have to be sharp because Baylor looked pretty darn good. Uh, running the football, making some clutch plays to put TCU in peril of of losing their undefeated season today. I don't know if anyone saw this, the end of that game, but TCU had to rush its field goal kicker onto the field as time was winding down, and they they launched that thing with two seconds left. Uh, 40-yarder, Griffin Kell made it. TCU wins 29-27, but Baylor was this close to pulling off that upset, Taylor. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely not a Baylor team that you can overlook. I know that their record probably does not, um, you know, say the whole story, honestly, Chip. I feel like this has kind of been an up and down season, I would say, for Baylor a little bit, especially coming out off of that, you know, the um, Big 12 title season last year and Dave Aranda's Aranda's second year um, on the job. But yeah, I mean, this is a Baylor team that can can surprise you, obviously. I mean, TCU is number four in the country currently in in the college football playoff rankings. Um, It was an away game for TCU. Baylor and TCU always seem to go toe-to-toe, I feel like, whenever they play each other. I mean, it's just like, you just never know what you're going to get. You may get a, you know, 71 to 68 game, or you may get what you got today. But, um, you know, Chip, one thing I want to point out here, and this is pretty astounding, I thought, at halftime, 
of the Texas and Kansas game, Bijan Robinson had 172 rushing yards, I believe it was. Yes, 19 was carries yeah. for 172 yards, 9.1 a carry. Yes, and Kansas as a team had, I believe it was 136 rushing yards, or total yards, excuse me, at halftime. So that just shows how dominant of a performance that Bijan Robinson had. When you look at Roshan Johnson's status going into the Baylor game, obviously you want to have him available. I mean, Texas has one of the best one-two punches probably in college football between Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson. And if uh, if he's unable to go, I would say that doesn't help Texas in any way. But I mean, my goodness, look at what Jonathan Brooks did in this game. I mean, this is a, a guy that really hasn't even had the chance to do much at this point, honestly. And he finished his game with over a hundred yards rushing two touchdowns. So, you know, two of the six rushing touchdowns came from a guy that is technically what fourth string, isn't he? <laughs> I believe yeah. he would be. So he's about I to mean, be first string next year. Yes. Um, and Texas fans got a look, they got a glimpse at the running situation for next year because Jonathan Brooks, man, he runs to the right. He almost falls down. He catches his balance and then took off like a rocket down the sideline for that 70 yard touchdown run. You're like, whoa, he is running away from people. And Jonathan Brooks has been really good in the very limited uh, touches that he gets. This guy's averaging over six yards a carry and has been patiently waiting his turn. It's coming. And I, I for one, think the Texas running game is going to be in in fine shape. Um, this this kid, Jonathan Brooks, is legit, in my opinion. He catches it really well, too. And we know that, um, you know, Bijan Robinson uh, is is an unbelievable weapon in the passing game. And that's that's the thing. I mean, Taylor, I mentioned earlier, where's Bijan Robinson in the mix for the Doak Walker Award with guys like Chase Brown of Illinois, Blake Corm of Michigan, Quinson, uh, Quinshawn Judkins of Ole Miss, Kendry Miller of TCU. Bijan Robinson, in terms of all-purpose yards, is second only uh, to Chase Brown of Illinois by uh, 60 yards. And again, Chase Brown has 309 rushing attempts this year. Bijan only 229, 80 less. And yet, uh, Bijan's almost equal to him in all-purpose yards. Uh, and prior and to today, Chip, Bijan had five rushing touchdowns more, I believe it was, than... Chase Brown. I think Chase yeah. Brown entered this weekend with seven. That's right. Uh, and he, he had two uh, today. So he's at nine rushing touchdowns and, and 12 touchdowns total. Bijan is at uh, eight, uh, sorry, 16 rushing touchdowns and two receiving touchdowns. So yeah, he, he, uh, he's six touchdowns ahead of Chase Brown in terms of the all purpose, uh, you know, running and receiving and no one compares to Bijan in terms of yards per catch. That 16 and a half yards per catch is a staggering number. And uh, and so we'll see. We'll see if this, you know, this needed to happen a week ago, obviously, when the whole nation was watching against TCU. I don't know how many people were watching this game on FS1 with a broadcast crew. I don't even, I've never even seen or heard of. But um, I thought our man... Uh, Emmanuel Acho did a heck of a job hosting the the Fox uh, pregame halftime postgame show. Yeah, uh, I might I add, Longhorns everywhere. But um, 
yeah, this was this was a all around complete game, you know, for the for the Texas Longhorns. And you just look back and say, ah! because you know what the more Bijan touches it, the and the more Quinn throws it. Um, you know, when Texas has attempted 34 passes this season, they've lost. And and when Bijan Robinson touches it, um, you know, 30 times they're undefeated, but 25 times they're also undefeated. So, um, you know, the more Bijan Robinson is involved, the better things are. And Taylor, he had like three Heisman worthy highlight reel runs, including that 31 yarder where he, he trucked three Kansas defenders. He trucked them. I mean, if, I don't know if you watch NFL's good morning football, they have this segment called angry runs. Bijan Robinson would have, would have won it going away uh, on that run alone. And not to mention the 24 yard run where he zigzags, starts off right, goes back left, trucks a guy, stiff arms another guy, and, you know, is called out at the one. And then he dives like old school Walter Payton over the pile, like got four feet in the air, did a somersault into the end zone. This guy was possessed. It was fun to watch. And I hope he gets some kind of notoriety here at the end uh, of the year on the national uh, award landscape. Yeah, for sure. And Steve Sarkisian did talk about that in his post-game press conference. He talked about how, you know, with Bijan playing such like really just in a fiery way. And um, he said a lot of times he does feel that Bijan Robinson's competitive spirit will be overlooked because he's such a nice guy when you talk to him off the field, but he was like, he has the firing, you know, of a, a, an elite competitor. And he, um, Steve Sarkeesian couldn't talk enough about that. And you saw it really on those plays. I mean, this is one of the, you have to think about what college football is nowadays. You know, when, when you're in a Bijan Robinson type of caliber of, of elite athlete, especially when you are draft eligible more times than not, you probably have your, an agent in your ear being like, Hey buddy, like, You've proven yourself, maybe maybe calm down a little bit just to protect yourself from injury or anything like that. But the fact that Bijan Robinson came out with a vengeance like this, and it kind of goes back, Chip, to what we were talking about earlier in the week, where I was like, Bijan seemed angry about last year's Kansas, not just the outcome from the Kansas game last year, but also that this was the team that injured him in that game. So he couldn't finish his sophomore season. And I had said, I was like, I want the best player on the team as angry as possible going into a game. And I really think Bijan showed up and I, I would not be surprised if that really was part of the reason why he was running as angry and just with that, that fire in him today. But at the end of the day, I mean, this is a guy that is about to be probably a first round draft pick um, in the NFL draft, 2023 NFL draft. And the fact that he just was giving it his all, you know, in this game when there's only, He's probably entering his. He played three quarters. He yeah, only played exactly. Three quarters. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he's entering probably his last game of a, of his college career, and he still gives that effort. I mean, you just can't say I can't say enough about Bijan Robinson as a player, as a person, everything, and just as a leader. And you know, he doesn't have to be the vocal leader. He shows up on the field. He he leads by example a lot of times too. And this was a huge example lead for him. Yeah, it it really was. Uh, if you're a Texas fan, you're you're pumped beyond belief. Um, just to 
see your team go on the road in frigid temperatures after having their hearts ripped out a week ago and just uh, set their minds, set their jaw and and get physical and and run it down Kansas's throat. And and look, Kansas, you take what the defense gives you. The Kansas defense has been suspect against the run, especially against up tempo teams. Steve Sarkeesian got down to it starting on that second possession after scaring the bleep out of us by going away from Bijan Robinson after Bijan had two carries for 14 yards and they go five and out. But after that, it was hammer, meat nail, and it was fun to watch because um, Bijan Robinson was the hammer today and, and Texas got a really good clean uh win today not they weren't hurting themselves you know they're uh, ari temkin our buddy who's on sirius xm radio texted me at halftime and said this may be too big of a a lead for texas to blow you know joking ari's a big kansas grad and and they came out in the third quarter and they handled business they stuffed ku and then they just went right back to running it and and just built that lead and you know kansas didn't get on the board until what a minute 55 left in the third quarter that's when they scored their first points by that time this thing was 41 to nothing so it's it was a really rock solid performance from the texas defense special teams um and and from the texas running game not just Bijan, although Bijan was outstanding roshan uh had what 11 carries for 71 yards um jonathan brooks uh sorry jonathan brooks had 11 carries for 108 yards two touchdowns roshan seven carries for 34 yards uh that's a five yard uh, uh per per carry average so uh really impressive hudson card got in late completed one pass um but all he needed to do was hand it off to jonathan brooks and even Jaden blue got in uh, for seven carries and 16 yards. So uh, the whole roster should be feeling good after this one because everybody got in, Taylor. Yeah, and I would say that what you probably hope for if you are Texas or a Texas fan is for Quinn Ewers to kind of regroup, I would say, a little bit because, you know, he has been struggling in recent games. But it, this game, if anything, goes to show that he doesn't have to be a hero. He's never had to be a hero this season, but it seems like there have been instances where either he feels like he needs to make the extra play or Steve Sarkeesian wants to try to build his confidence by making the big type of you know highlight-worthy home run type of plays. But at the end of the day, when you have a running game like this and you have the amount of weapons that Texas does have on offense, you don't need Quinn Ewers to be a hero. What I would think if you're a Texas fan and you come out of this game, you're hoping that Quinn sees this as like, I don't need to push. I just need to do what I am supposed to do week in, week out. And I don't have to be the guy that everyone's talking about at the end of the game when I have this type of, you know, uh, of cast around him on, on the offensive side of the ball. And when you have a defense playing this well, with the end of the season coming up, I would say, especially with with Quinn, you were struggling a little bit in recently in recent games. You just hope he learns from each game that he is playing 
takes those learning experiences into the offseason and make sure that he doesn't do it in games next year. And that's the best thing that you can ask for, I would say, from a first time starter from year one to year two is to not make the same mistakes twice. You you see it a lot with freshmen. I mean, it's just the reality. And I feel like people sometimes forget that Quinn Ewers is a freshman because we've been talking about him for what, like four years now, <laughs> whether he's a recruit or a player, or whatever. But at the end of the day, I mean, his his numbers are not going to blow you away in this game, but they don't necessarily have to. And what you hope for is that he recognizes that takes it as just do what he's asked to do, not have to make the extra effort, not have to go the extra mile because he has guys around him. And even going into next season, he has a solid running back room still without Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson likely on the, in the mix there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think uh, that's well said. Um, let's give a little love to Quinn Ewers though. He did draw the defense offsides on fourth yeah. and four. That's the first time he's been able to do that. So a first for Quinn Ewers at a crucial time, it did extend a, a touchdown drive. And then um, he and Xavier Worthy got together on a really nice, what, 24 yard completion. Worthy made a contested catch under tight coverage from Kobe Bryant. It was a really nice play. Uh, it was the kind of play that Texas needed early in that TCU game to kind of get into that rhythm. Texas just played ahead of the chains all night tonight and couldn't last week against TCU, which just throws the play caller off tremendously when you're constantly calling second and 10 or, um, you know, third and seven plus. So I thought those were a couple of smaller moments in the game that that uh, were worth pointing out, Taylor. But we'll take a quick break here on the flagship podcast. This game next week against Baylor at home will be senior day. They call it senior day, but it will also be uh, the final day, most likely for for Bijan Robinson and and Roshan Johnson. So you just hope that um, well and. You know, guys like DeMarvian Overshone, who I've really loved watching Overshone play this year because he's just thrown his body around. He's been, he's just gone for it. You know, he's been purpose, purposefully reckless. And, and you got to have that on your defense, especially from a 6'4, you know, 225 pound laser beam at linebacker. So, um, you know, I hate the end of the college football season. I hate it. I hate it. Uh, it, it, it's amazing. We we kick off in August and all of a sudden it's Thanksgiving, but um this will be a, a a good moment for Texas Longhorns fans to to come to DKR and and thank these you know, thank a superstar in Bijan Robinson, but but thank this team because this team has shown progress in year 2 under Steve Sarkeesian. The record is not what Texas fans want. It's not what these players and coaches want. They'd love to have some plays back from the from that Texas Tech game, from that Oklahoma State game. Uh, those two games, to me, were were the most winnable. Um, Alabama, you, you chalk that up to Bryce Young being the Heisman, current Heisman Trophy winner uh, in TCU. As we mentioned, Sark could never get any kind of rhythm going offensively. So, um, But, Taylor, um, I think there has been progress, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're talking about a team that 
was five and seven last year and they have seven wins. So Texas cannot finish with a losing record this season. <laughs> so that's, you have to chalk that up coming off of a five and seven year, but I wouldn't even say that the record really shows much. I feel like the, the thing that you have seen from Texas, especially coming out of losses this year is they don't let the loss beat them twice, or they don't let certain scenarios beat them twice. Where last year in year one under Steve Sarkeesian, you know, he talked, a lot during the offseason leading up to last year about how, you know, instilling a culture is not an overnight process. It takes time. And I think that Texas showed and Texas fans realized last year that a culture building process is definitely not going to happen in one season. You're going to start seeing the results year two, year three. Hopefully, I would say if you're a fan um, and you see positive results. And I I would say that, you know, like I, I am very much not the the um, you know, participation trophy, you know, everyone gets an award type of person. I I'm kind of like a loss is a loss. A win is a win. And you are what your record says. I will say with Texas this year in covering this program and seeing the, the difference in the culture from last year and honestly years past, not even just under Steve Sarkeesian. I mean, this has been going on for a while. The culture at Texas currently is better than I've seen in my career. And mind you, I did not cover, you know, the Mac Brown era when Texas was playing for, for championships. I was still in school um, and sometimes in high school back then. But, you know, I mean, it's I had not been covering, what was well, that? Humble brag. No, yeah, I know, right? I'm so young. No, no. but <laughs> I haven't seen this type of culture at Texas. I don't think it's been there, honestly, since probably the early to mid 2000s, you know, with Vince Young, Colt McCoy, and that that uh, cast that they had under Mac Brown when they were winning 10 games and playing for um, championships more frequently. So this is something you have to chalk up as a win because these young players, that are, there's a lot of veteran players that Texas is going to probably lose this year, but these young players have learned from those guys. And the hope is you see those young players take that culture and even make it better next year. But at this point, Chip, I would say that there's no reason to doubt that from happening. And that's a huge win that the the record will not show for Texas in year two under Steve Sarkeesian. Yeah, I, I agree. And look, usually the the championship type coaches reveal themselves in the first three years of their head coaching tenure at a school and you know the really good ones sometimes reveal it before then but um steve sarkeesian did have to rebuild the culture and if you read the insider at horns 24 7.com this past week uh, Dan Neal, who I consider one of the voices of reason, former Longhorn All-American offensive lineman, guy who's you know done it in the trenches, won two Super Bowls with the Denver Broncos, knows what winning teams are all about, won three conference championships while he was at Texas, including that incredible upset over Nebraska in the very first Big 12 title game in 1996. He said, look, I, I care most, most about the culture. And getting the culture right is the most important step in the process of rebuilding and he said i think sark is doing that he said i like i like the way this team plays it plays hard um the defense has gotten steadily better uh texas has been incredibly impressive in a number of games offensively go back to the oklahoma game where quinn ewers probably looked the best he's looked all season 
And that's the frustrating part too, is that you want to see yours continue to progress. Now it's probably no accident or not coincidence that Oklahoma's defense was in a little bit of um, free fall when Texas played them. And then he ran into all those three high safety, three, eight cloud defenses uh, against Iowa state, Oklahoma state, Kansas state and TCU. And now, you know, Kansas doesn't play that and, and yours was, was better. And obviously he didn't need to be great because Texas ran the ball like crazy. Baylor will throw some of that three high safety look at Quinn Ewers. So let's see how much he's improved uh, coming home to face this, uh, this Baylor team. And let's see if Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson, Jonathan Brooks can carry the load again uh, in the running game against a, a Baylor defense that's been pretty tough against the run at times. So um, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. They might be playing their way into the Cheez-It Bowl, Taylor, against North Carolina, uh, or possibly the Alamo Bowl if TCU goes to the college football playoff and K-State goes to the Sugar Bowl. So um, we shall see. Yeah. And one thing just real quick on Quinn Ewers and facing that three, you know, the uh, the – a three, eight cloud type of defense. That's not something that he's probably ever faced, honestly, in his career. I mean, that's not a common high school style of defense. And remember, he has not, this is his first season he's played since his junior year of high school at South Lake Carroll. So it's a different thing that he's never faced. And that's kind of goes into the off season hope for him is that he learns from those experiences. They're not going to be great, you know, but that's what happens when you have a, a first time freshman quarterback starting. I mean, there were times where you looked at Sam Ellinger his freshman year and it's just like, oh my gosh, this guy could have something. And then there's times where you're just like, what is he doing? And I think that maybe Quinn Ewers was, a lot of people didn't expect him to have those moments, but it's a freshman moment. That's why coaches will tell you any coach you talk to, especially off the record, if they don't have a microphone in front of them and they're not having to rely on a freshman quarterback is that they would rather redshirt quarterbacks and offensive linemen at any cost, if they can, if they can. And so, you know, those are those kind of teachable moments. And, and I'll take, I'll take um, teachable moments over just a lack of talent any day. And I think any Texas fan should too, you know, if, if they're making mistakes that are mistakes and it's not a physical thing with them that they are not going to be able to overcome, you take that, you chalk that as a win, especially if it's a, a young player, because those are things that you can coach out of them. Um, speaking of real quick, Chip, Oklahoma's defense is coming. It's bringing it tonight against Oklahoma State. They it's what four ten left in the third quarter. Oklahoma currently leads Oklahoma State twenty eight to three. So that defense is back for Oklahoma. That is that is the only thing that holds Mike Gundy back from getting the national recognition that he should get for constantly putting together you know, nine and 10 win seasons at Oklahoma state is his horrible record against OU. <laughs> um, I think he's like three and 14 or some ridiculous. Um, it's, it's awful. And this, you know, I, I get it. Oklahoma state's had injuries. Um, of course they all happened in the Texas game. Yeah. Uh, that's when Oklahoma state broke. Because the next week K State beat them forty-eight to nothing, um, 
And that's why actually if, if Kansas, well, no, never mind. Oklahoma State's getting paddled by OU. If they would have beaten OU and there was a three-way tie uh, for second place, Texas would have it, you know, um, advanced because of the point differential. Um, ba basically, because K State beat Oklahoma State forty-eight to nothing, uh, but that's not a factor anymore. Oklahoma State's out of the mix. Um, so, um, Taylor, we'll see what next week brings, but. On uh, on a cold, frosty day in Lawrence, Kansas, Texas warmed the hearts of their fan base. Bijan Robinson um, certainly warmed the hearts of the fan base, which will get one more game, one more regular season game with Bijan Robinson next week on Friday at 11 a.m. against the Baylor Bears at DKR. So, um, Taylor, any, uh, any parting, uh, shots here before we sign off? Um, no, I would just say Texas fans give Bijan credit where credit is due. Um, if he doesn't play in the bowl game, I wouldn't blame him. Honestly, at this point, uh, he has done everything he can this performance, right. I mean, against Kansas when he's not fighting for, you know, a college, I mean, it's still kind of a, a slim chance that Texas even does make it to a big 12 title game and you still get this performance of him. Just acknowledge him. I mean, I saw Longhorn Network posted a video of him talking to fans, signing autographs, everything. He was the last player on the field in Lawrence, Kansas today coming off of that performance. He's a special guy. And and I'll say this, like, you know, we, we talked about this earlier um, in the week on the flagship podcast, there is an instance on Monday when we had interviews with B. John Robinson and he was asked about, you know, we know you're not going to say what, what the future kind of holds or if these are going to be your last few games or anything. And he, he, you know, kind of ignored the question and a media member said, we'll miss you too. And we all laughed about it. You know, obviously we, we see the writing on the wall. It's the right move, especially for a running back, but it's been really cool to cover him too, Chip. I, I'm there are very few people I think that we will see in our careers that are like Bijan Robinson. So Texas fans, embrace him while you got him. I'd say that. No doubt about it. This kid is a special kid. He's he's got presence. He's got charisma. He's, um, you know, devoutly um, faithful to his uh, his Christian beliefs, and uh, it's refreshing to see a guy who just smiles at everybody, has time for everybody. Uh, even though he's, you know, he could easily try to duck the spotlight and, and, you know, so many demands uh, on his time. And fortunately for him, he's getting paid for it now in uh, with NIL opportunities. Um, but he's going to make a lot more money in the NFL, um, than, than he can off of the NIL opportunities here, but, you know, maybe he'll put in a good word and maybe Jordan Whittington might stick around for another season. So, um, but that we will take up next week on our flagship podcast in advance of Texas Baylor. Uh, we'll also have a flagship podcast interview with David smoke of, uh, 365.com previewing that Texas Baylor game, uh, at the start of the week. So stay tuned, everybody. Uh, for Taylor Estes, I'm Chip Brown. Until next time, we'll see you over at horns247.com. Thanks so much.
for listening. Make sure you're subscribed to our Horns 24-7 YouTube channel uh, and to our flagship podcast. Wherever you listen to your podcast, feel free to give us a five-star review uh, at iTunes or um, you know, tell your friends. Tell your friends and enemies, for crying out loud, to listen because we're year-round on the flagship podcast. So uh, thanks again, everybody, for listening. Until next time, stay safe and keep the faith.